This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hey, this is Bird Shooter. Welcome to episode number 25 tonight at N2 Backpacking. Tonight on the show, we've got Scott Squatch Harriet, who uh, recently completed a hike on the Appalachian Trail. His third major hike on the AT and the third installment in a series he calls Flip Flop Flippin'. The uh, show is set to be released in early 2015. You can learn more about Squatch and his other films at SquatchFilms.com. But we'll talk uh, mostly about Flip Flop Flippin' and also about the PCT, the Camino, and about two movies he shot on Bigfoot, the true legend of the backcountry. That said, here's Squatch. All right, this is Bird Shooter, and tonight on the show, I want to welcome Squatch on this Friday before Thanksgiving. He's uh, hot off of two back-to-back summers on the Appalachian Trail and uh, just released his second film on uh, his adventures over the summer on the AT. So, uh, Squatch, thank you for joining the show tonight. Well, hey, well, thanks for having me on. And boy, I hate to start off the show with a correction, but I have to just just for all you know, both of my fans out there who might be listening, um, is actually I did I did the Camino, I did the Camino last year, and released the film this year, and then I did my second film on the AT two years ago, and then this there will be a quiz on this, Steve, and then the. <laughs> This year, I finished the AT, and I'm in the process of editing that film right now. But, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Camino because I got a million yeah. questions for you on that. Sure, um, but so technically, it's afternoon your time though, right? Yeah. So you're midday. You're you're a West Coast guy, East I, Coast West Coast thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, still, in my opinion, way too warm in Southern California for this time of year. It was 90 degrees here a week ago. That's just wow. illegal. It should be illegal. No, I, I just don't like hot weather, and of course I live in Southern California, so that's that's a smart move. But I was raised here. Yeah, so I was going to ask you that. You're, were you raised in like what part of uh, like the Orange County, L.A.? Oh like, God, what? no, not Orange County, thank God. I uh, was raised in the San Fernando Valley, and uh, I still live here now. And um, and although this kind of uh, is a, is assuming or going into a question you may ask me later, but I always like to. Uh, to point out when people ask me about doing these films, how much money I make. And I, and I, and I tell them, you know, just enough to keep living with my 82 year old parents in the off season. <laughs> that's and awesome. So that's where I'm recording from the room I had since I was, um, since 1970. And plus I love my folks. My folks are, they're awesome and doing great for, for 82. Which so, is, so you, so, so you basically had the Pacific Crest Trail in your backyard, right? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, parts of it, the closest Part of it to me is about you can do, do, do about an hour away, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's always been uh, kind of close. And uh, hiked it, um, finished it in a way. Went 03 to 08, did the four films, and then b- before that, I had hiked a little bit of it, just wanting to do some hikes um, uh, in the Sierra. And part of it was on the PCT, but uh, yeah, then I got into it in 03. So how long did it take you to discover, first of all, the Pacific Crest Trail and then to get into long-distance long backpacking? Well, that's interesting. I mean, it was 
I had done this film in 02 called Squatching because I, I don't I don't know how well you've researched me, Steve, but I'm a bit obsessed by the Bigfoot phenomena. I noticed. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. your videos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Squatching available at Squatch Films and Amazon.com. Anyway, um, and I was it was early 03, and I had driven out to uh, the desert area near Antelope Valley, which is up near Palmdale, Lancaster area, north of Los Angeles. And I wanted to always go to the to the Antelope Valley Poppy Reserve there. And I was driving around in that deserty, deserty region, and I drove past this sign for the PCT. And I knew what the PCT was before, but I hadn't really thought much about it. And I was I was in the mode of, like, what am I going to do next? What's my next project? And I had an atlas with me, and I just thought, how many highways the, the PCT crosses? And, how, you know, major highways or interstates – and it was something like, you know, high 50s or early, you know, low 60s. And I, the idea struck me then it might be interesting to interview those folks, you know, intercept them at those and, and see what over a, over a five month period, what that would be like. And but it was also partly Bigfoot related because I, those would be the people to talk to if they've ever seen anything strange out there, heard any weird cries. So it started as kind of a link between the Bigfoot project I had done the year prior and then looking for something new. So I went to the kickoff in April with the notion, I'll see how it goes, and then I'll make my decision after I go to the kickoff. And I was literally there probably like 15, 20 minutes when I said, oh, I'm doing this film. Because these people are so cool. They're so funny, independent, adventurous, funny, the whole the whole nine yards. So uh, that's how it started. And I wasn't even going to hike at all. I just wanted to do a subculture study on the people – these through hikers, what, what are section hikers? And what, what is this all about? I ended up hiking like 50, 55 miles, something like that, that first year. Yogi, uh, who's a legend on the PCT, she uh, was kind enough to let me use five minutes of her footage that she shot. And then uh, went and did another film the next year on roadside attractions in America, this exit only, uh, not available. <laughs> on Amazon right now. I've got a I've got like two copies left and I gotta digitize it. Anyway, that's off topic. And I did that and then I started doing a uh documentary on R V subculture. I thought that would be kinda cool to do, you know, that and now R V and I started interviewing people in the R V subculture. And then I went to the kickoff again and the contrast was just like I don't know. I just wanted to I wanted to actually get out and hike more. So I decided, why don't I do kind of the same kind of construct as the first film, but this time I'll actually hike a chunk, and that was the northern third of Oregon. Which now this is the movie Walk, right? Uh, no, no, first... Walk was the one I, the first one I did. Now th this one I'm talking about now is still walking. That that was in '05. I gotcha. Okay. '05, and then so I love that was a really fun year, and so I came back the next year and did it an additional 720 miles of the PCT in in California, Oregon, and Washington. And made a third film, even more walking. And then so that left me like 1,500 miles to do. And so over the course of the next two years, 07 and 08, I shot one film finishing the trail. So it basically took me four years to do. I mean, if you count that first year that I only did 50 miles, but I did slowly get more and more become a hiker, I guess. You know, I, not not a through hiker, because the only thing I've through hiked is the Camino de Santiago. But um Definitely a bona fide section hiker of a long trail, and so, uh, it's been great. So you were a filmmaker really first, and then you oh, became yeah. – then the hiking, the backpacking came later, basically. Yeah. Right? I mean, I had backpacked 
earlier in my life, I'd done that a bit. But yeah, I kind of, you know, I, you know, still, still a filmmaker. In fact, if I said well, people ask me, "What are you more now? Are you more of a through hiker or a section hiker or a filmmaker?" And I said, "I'm still primarily a filmmaker. I don't feel, I don't. You know, the reason I say that is I don't imagine myself anytime soon hiking a long trail without filming it. It's it's too in my blood, Steve. I have to have a camera between another person. I'm very I, shy that way. I, I noticed you have a, a film about Bigfoot, right? And I know this yes. is a, a hiking podcast, but I got to ask. So yeah. it looks like that you have actual footage of Bigfoot, from what I can see in uh, on your YouTube shows, right? Well, I to, to be specific with this, the footage there were there. I had two cameras with me. The guy I was with. This is a, it, this takes way too long for the for the scope of this this broadcast to get into but i do believe in 1992 that i came within 40 feet not just one but two of these things there was footage and the footage that the guy was with daryl owen uh i believe and also in my footage we both have i believe we both have footage of the one uh, me of one and he of the other um, and I'm not saying this as a pitch to buy the film because it is in the film and it's, and it's not like, oh, it's conclusive evidence all that. But having been there and with the context of everything that was going on, it wasn't just like we were random, randomly two guys in the forest with cameras. We were following up a, uh, an incident that had happened three weeks earlier. These two kids who were very credible who said they had seen one of these things blatantly standing there looking at them. It was a whitish one. And so uh, we went up the hill at the base of which the kids had the sighting and we had an encounter near the top of it. And that is, that footage is in Squatching. And I've actually made another Bigfoot related one, which I made before Squatching because uh, I made that seven years before that in 1995 called Journey Towards Squatchdom, which is purely comedic, intended to be purely <laughs> comedic. Because if there's one thing, if you believe in Bigfoot, as I do, and meaning I believe that there is actually an unclassified type of hominid, relic hominid, still existing in the world, specifically the Pacific Northwest, you got to have a sense of humor, you or you will go start raving mad. So um, that is kind of a daily show, before the daily show, I might add, kind of a daily show-esque um, parody of those who go out and say they have 19 sightings and that, you know, UFOs are involved in this. I, I think I made what inspired it is that as someone who was serious about it, I wanted to make fun of those who don't lend any credibility to the search, but actually tend to solidify skeptics or skeptics positions because what they're saying is so crazy. <laughs> so I got, I got a guess that the trail name Squatch is tied to the Sasquatch. Yeah, it was actually, uh, and it wasn't given to me by, you know, people always want to know, was it given to you on the trail or whatever? It was actually a nickname that was given to me when I worked at Tech TV, which was a, a national uh, channel uh, based out of San Francisco in the late 90s and early aughts. And uh, I hosted a show in there, co-hosted a show called Internet Tonight, and I would always talk about Bigfoot, much to my co-workers' dismay, I, I, I might add. <laughs> and uh, so they gave me, in fact, specifically George Crow gave me that name. He would just call me Squatch, and I always, I always liked it. So when I started doing the films, I would, I just adopted it as my trail name. I, I like it because yeah, there's a lot of trail names you hear over and over, right? Like Strider, and uh, actually you hear Yogi a lot too, right? There's but, Yogi, Turtles, a lot of Turtles. Yeah. So, but Squatch is very original. It is, so I, although I, like it. I am noticing. Uh, I actually, in, in, um, in 
uh, Flip Flop Flippin' 2, I interview a guy named Squatch because I think with all the advent of these cable shows, these horrible cable shows I'm mad at about you know, Finding Bigfoot, which should be, according to my friend Jester, should be called Not Finding Bigfoot. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's it's proliferated. So there are actually quite a bit of Yetis and Bigfoots and Sasquatches. And I, I did meet uh, the one, uh, another guy named, and I hear there's another guy named Squatch. So I am, I am threatening legal action. And, uh, <laughs> As you should. Absolutely. And there's a, a guy I want to meet, uh, a black dude named Black Squatch that I totally <laughs> want. I would, I wish, I think he was out there this year. I wish I would have ran into him. That would have been a potentially cool interview. Yeah. So in the, in your, uh, it's flip flopping. I can't remember if it's one or two, but one of them you've got insomniac and stumblefoot, right? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're Southern guys. Yeah. And can you, can you, um, can you maybe I'm better prepared to this since I live in Atlanta, but can you imitate how they say the word Sasquatch? Well, he was this guy. He was it in no, no, somebody, Stumblefoot was the guy who cut killed it. Sasquatch. Yeah, which yeah I, I love that. I don't know. That's a great scene. Yeah, Sasquatch. He goes, he goes. I was ragging on him about it. How he said Sasquatch. He goes, well, that's what we called him down here before we killed them all. Anywho. Yeah. Yeah, he was a character. So, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. Those guys were pretty cool and uh, a good good uh, trail magicians. If you oh, will. really? Yeah, oh, yeah. They're, they're obviously good trail magic providers, too. Exactly, exactly. They had, they had quite a nice setup there. And they had actually, what, sectioned hiked the AT, right? Yes. I remember, I think they did it over like a maybe 10-year period. I'm not remembering exactly. But, yeah, they uh, – and then one of them, Insomniac actually built a replica of a shelter, an AT right. shelter in his backyard. Right. I love that. Yeah, it's in your movie, right? So yeah. did they do their trail magic? Um, did they do their trail magic on the trail, or did they bring everybody back to the? Oh no, it's right there on the trail. Yeah, they okay. had the spot gotcha. they've done. I think for the last probably four or five years now, and it was a pretty good spread. I mean, they had you know fruits and vegetables. And horrible food and and drinks and the whole nine yards and yeah it was pretty cool Pr- pretty yeah. elaborate setup yeah yeah that was cool I mean the shelter was cool too that they built hey yeah. so so you've done a bunch of films uh, help me out here I've got the AT the PCT the Camino yeah did you do, did you do one on the CDT too no I uh, I've only hiked two days on the CDT that was in 2012 because I was giving uh, my friends Jester and Girl Scout a ride i was i was driving back east to hike my second year on the at and so i was gave them a ride to new mexico with the hope of hiking for about a week i was thinking about you know shooting i did shoot footage on it i was thinking about incorporating it in the film but it was a it was didn't quite fit and i only ended up doing two days because one of the people we were hiking with got some heat exhaustion and that screwed up the the scheduling and, and you know and i just decided uh, you know, two two days was enough. I liked what I what I experienced, so it's you know it's obviously very uh, desolate relative to uh, uh, to the AT specifically, uh, and it's something I may do one day. But people, I think you know, they've already started because I've completed the PCT and the AT. Well, you're gonna do the Triple Crown, and I, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know. It's just not, uh, you know, there's already it, it's. I like to have a lot of people in. My and <laughs> at this point in time, not going to find a lot of people, on, even though that will grow, I think, especially with um, the ever approaching wild or expanding wild effect 
as well as the Walk in the Woods, which is due out uh, relatively early next year. So it will be interesting to see how how much those two films are going to impact long-distance hiking. I would be shocked if it didn't drive not just a lot of Americans on the trails, but internationally I think it's going to have a yeah. huge impact. Because, well, because I noticed on your PCT film there were a lot of Germans and uh, mm. a lot of people from Europe that were on the PCT, right? Oh, yeah. Those Germans, they're everywhere. It's <laughs> – uh, oh, man, it was hilarious. I've met about probably five or six Germans over the last few years on the AT – and I think almost all of them were primarily uh, influenced or inspired to do the AT because of a documentary that had been put out by a German filmmaker. I think it might have been a comedian of some type. But the first guy I talked to, it was, so, it was so hilarious. And they all had the same reaction. The guy was like, he was in New Hampshire with his wife. And I go, so I go are you enjoy, enjoying the AT? And he's like, well, I got to be honest with you. The, the gentleman who made this film did not indicate how difficult this trail is. Yeah. And uh, I uh, I am quite upset about this, but I am going to finish, and then I'm going to write a letter to the per- – and he was dead serious. <laughs> he was like – there wasn't an ounce of humor. He was just – but damn it, he was a German, and he was going to get the job done. He's looking for a refund. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so this actually transitions me perfectly into your flip-flop flipping one and two, mm. uh, which which basically document uh, your hike on the AT in 2011-2012, right? Right. Um, so you are you going back? Do you have some more sections to do, or are no. you totally done? No, like I said earlier, I had I finished this year. So I uh, so the third flip-flop flipping uh, is due out in uh, late February or early March, probably early March, and. Um, yeah, so I finally finished. The, the first one in 2011 was my first attempt to actually do a full through hike. I attempted to do the whole shebang and uh, got a tendonitis injury in my right leg, and that screwed everything up, coupled with how much time the flipping and flopping. And for those of you, for those of you listening out there, all five of you, no, I'm sure you have a good big audience and hope they find <laughs> it. Uh, is, uh, um, you know, flipping and flopping is not doing a, doing a non-linear hike. It's not going from the south all the way to the north in a straight line. It's like flipping and going around. And the, the reason I like to do it, as I mentioned, I'd like to have a lot of people in my films. And so I find I would start off like in flip-flop flipping, the first one, go south. That way I ran into a lot of the, of the people who had started. Uh, you know, in mid-March or early March. And then I flipped up ahead from where I had started to run into them again. So this way I run into the kind of the same people, though not always, you know, every month or so. And I get updates from them that way. So it's much easier to do that as opposed to staying in a little bubble and just having a limited amount of people that you interact with over the course of a hike. Yeah, I mean, it makes your films. It makes your film very interesting too, because you have a ton of different characters in it. So you obviously hike southbound most of the time. Did you ever hike northbound? I did. Um, well, like on that I, that same method I use on the PCT films too. I think I finally calculated that out. PCT, I think I did fifty-five to sixty percent southbound, and the rest was northbound. And the AT, I would think. It was definitely, definitely higher. I would say more like a three to one ratio southbound to northbound. Like seventy-five percent of it was probably southbound. I could be wrong in that. That's just what's coming to mind right now. 
because it is like I like I mentioned, it's just more conducive to uh, running into more people and annoying the hell out of them. <laughs> Why are you taping me? No, you know. And by the way, I never do that. I don't just like I'm walking and I'm just rolling tape. You know, I get to know, run into people, say hi to them, and, and see if they um, would potentially be interested in being interviewed, and then just go from there. Yeah, you seem to have a lot of willing participants. I noticed in the film. So I'm just you're... so damn charming. I think that's <laughs> what it is, and I'm naked half the time. So I think. Now, wait a minute. That wouldn't make any sense. They would be running in the other direction. Um, yeah, well, you do have a, an R rating on your film, correct? Um, no. It's actually PG. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think it's – yeah, I, I will use – I don't know. How is this show? Is it, I mean, I'll, you know, I, I kind of allow the S word, the S-H, yeah, that word, uh, and then I'll bleep the F word. You know, in case – You're PG-13. PG-13, I think. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. You'll see so, one breast of a woman, but you won't, I won't show both. <laughs> I don't remember that, actually. I, I need to watch again. I, uh, I just maybe perhaps <laughs> just fantasize about that. <laughs> so basically, you're about to release the final product of the trilogy. This is like a major motion picture <laughs> release here. Like, yeah, maybe like in the sense it's a third film, but beyond that, um, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm excited about it. It's, it's, um, it's always a haul. I always forget how long a process it is of logging and editing. Um, you know, you think, you think because you've done it more that it's just going to get easier. And, it, and in some senses it does, but it's, it, it's like a mental through hike. It really is going through it all again. It's nice to go through it again because things you forgot. Oh yeah, that was a good interview. And this person was cool. And that area, that shot was really nice. I like that. <clears throat> so, but it's a lot of work. And, um, so what has really been invaluable for me, I mean, I'm sitting here, you know, alone for months going over this. And then I what I'll do when I get down to kind of a, you know, a roughly a two hour cut, I'll then like show it to a lot of different friends and get feedback because that really helps. I think from you can get so locked into certain sequences that you think are just so funny or so insightful and you show it for five friends whose opinions you all respect. And all of them are like, eh, it's OK. But something you thought was just OK gets an immediate spontaneous laugh, <laughs> right? you know, then that's staying in. That was, that was on the borderline and that'll probably stay in. So, and then also just, um, ideas that people will come up with, like where to, to flip footage around. And, and, uh, in fact, one example, a great example, if I can remember who, I think it was Moxie, who was actually in 2000, uh, in flip flop flipping, showed it to her and she had suggested taking this line. If you remember, it's one of the lines of the last line of the film, uh, which I won't say because hopefully this will entice people to buy it. But it was just this great line. Um, Bob, who was, who turned out to be a comedian uh, as well, which is what I did that for 12 years. So it was weird. I was a, I was a working comic for 12 years. And here <laughs> I run into this 69-year-old still working comic. I remember that guy. Trip. Yeah. He's, he's got a Boston accent, right? Yeah, you ran into Was that Vermont where you were uh, hanging out with him? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we were in that shelter, that hailstorm. Yeah, Barrington. And, yeah, yeah, and he. What was great about him is that we we met both. We were both lost on the same wrong trail. What are the odds of that? Two comic, two people who've done stand-up <laughs> comedy. We both meet. We're both intending to hike the AT, but we get lost on the same off trail. I'm coming down. He goes, "This is the AT." I go, "I'm afraid it's not." He's like, "God damn, son of a bitch!" And then he starts <laughs> talking, and he's just he was just great. He had so many good bits of wisdom and, and humor that uh, really fortunate to have uh, run into them. Yeah. For, for the listeners, your comedic skills come across in the film. 
I think that's actually what sells the film. Oh, gosh. I, well, it's good to hear because I've, I've been in a little bit of crisis of confidence of my own abilities uh, the last uh, few days. So thanks. Checks in the mail. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> but that, actually, I was watch Walk last night. I told yeah. you that earlier. And, um, I mean, I can see, like, your, your flip-flop flipping series, um, there's definitely growth in there. I like yeah. walk. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, no, thank you. I appreciate that. But that's so weird, man. I was just thinking about that about an hour ago. But yeah, I mean, I, I still look back and like all. There's always parts of your films, you know. Or I'm sure this is true with anybody who creates anything, book, writes books, and you look back at something you did eight years ago. And you, oh man, with that edit was. Ugh, why didn't I slip the audio? You know, it's just that that I'm sure everybody has that to, to one degree or another. But uh, yeah, I'm really really happy with the flip flop flipping films. I think partly, you know, went to HD. Uh, that's part of it. Although, you know, I always hope that's not, I don't think that's, you know, what you shoot it on isn't the most important thing. The most important thing is whatever stories and the people and the, and the narrative that comes out of the film. I think that is the most important thing. I mean, there's been tons of films that have shot very grainy and they're easy. And you can really easily determine that it's a much better film than a, than an $80 million Hollywood blockbuster that just, just trying to, you know, show a lot of pretty colors, explosions and breasts. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just experience like doing anything and hopefully you get better at it and, uh, really like wayfaring too. I, I was really happy with how that turned out and the, and the reaction to it has been really good and, uh, it's been selling pretty well. And, uh, so yeah. I can't. I, I'm going to ask you about that. Yeah, I, I'm very curious to ask you about your trip on the Camino, mm. which is which is wayfaring, right? Yes, wave, wayfaring a jaunt along the Camino de Santiago. Hey, but before we shift gears yeah. and talk about that, let me ask you a little bit more about the AT. So, sure. when you did flip flop flipping, had you ever set foot on the AT before? No. Wait a minute. That's a great question. Was I ever? No, because uh, West Coast guy haven't been out to the East Coast all that much. Uh, in my, although I lived in Jersey when I was younger for like a half a year, that was enough. No, I love Jersey. Probably Jersey, I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, wait, can I can I just say though quickly yeah. that people, if they've never been to to the western side of Jersey, don't really know what Jersey's like. I mean, Jersey's actually got a lot of mountains and a lot yeah. of really really pretty scenery that, oh, that people don't ever give it credit for. Yeah, they always think of the Sopranos and Springsteen and you know. Um, um, what is the uh, Asbury Park? All that stuff. That tends to be a lot of you know, the, the Pine Barrens tend to be people's first images or things that come to mind when they think of Jersey. But you know, you'll find a lot of hikers who've done the AT, myself included, who what I would say mile for mile, maybe the best state on the whole AT. J- Jersey blew me away, oh, and to be, to be yeah, New, New York surprised me too. I was shocked by both of them. Yeah, New, New York, New York shocked me more in a negative sense, meaning that. Okay, you go through you go through Pennsylvania, and I assume probably a good portion of your listeners listeners know about you know the rockiness of of uh, <laughs> eastern Pennsylvania, especially. I mean, it's just you look at a map and it you know a topo, not a topo, but uh, an elevation map, and it'll say you know oh god, it's so flat, awesome, you know. Yeah. But there's so that's in fact where I got my tendonitis because I unwisely was going with trail runners that didn't have any ankle support, and that's why I got tendonitis and. The big reason I had to uh, stop my through hike attempt, attempt in 2011. So you get out of you get out of that right, and then you go into Jersey, and it's like it's relatively flat. You've got a lot of diversity 
that the trail goes through. You know, that two-mile boardwalk, and then you've got thick forest and, and fields, and it was, like, really cool. And you can get a deli sandwich every single yes, day. Yes, exactly. That's probably the most mo- important. Mo- most importantly. Yeah. And then you go back, and then, no, and then you go, enter New York. And New York is, let me just tell you, anybody thinking about hiking the AT, just remember this. The southern part of New York is a true ass kicker difficulty wise it was like brutal i couldn't it, everything south of bear mountain new york back to the border just be prepared it's not that it's not beautiful it has its own beauty but it is tough it's like they took pennsylvania and they just made it into an accordion just went <laughs> so now it's got ups and downs with all that i mean sheer there's actually a there's actually a climb called um uh agony grind is the name of the actual hill and it's aptly that may be too kind of a name um so just be prepared that northern uh new york um flattens out quite a bit but that was that was the biggest surprise to me on the whole trail you hear how gnarly maine is and it is i mean but it's so beautiful too and the people are awesome and you hear the whites are tough and they are but they're and they're but they're so beautiful as well but nobody ever really talked about uh southern new york and it was such a rude awakening so just be prepared if you're thinking to go out yeah, somebody in your film actually says there's no easy 30 miles, right? Like, you yeah, know, that's Virginia's right. supposed to be easy. New York's supposed to be easy. I mean, there is no easy 30 miles. I think that's a exact yeah. point you were making there. Yeah, yeah, that was actually a testament who uh, who I don't think I – he wasn't on long enough to put his name up underneath, but he's the one who said that there was this little discussion about, yeah, it's a pretty easy 30, and then he just chimed in, like you said, and said there are no easy 30s. And it's true. So the, the AT is – I don't think there's really much doubt about it. It's a, it's a hard trail. I think it's a really hard trail overall. It will kick your butt. If you do a through hike in one year, you are a stud. Just 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 know that. If anybody listening is on, I know that you have my full respect. <laughs> and I also hate you. But um, it is, in fact, I think it was Backpacker Magazine had a graph a while back that showed the relative elevation gain and loss of the three main trails of the of the PCT, the CDT, and the AT. Oh, the AT is clearly the lead. It's not even it's not even close. Yeah, uh, it's it's a roller coaster. I mean, a, actually, yeah. Georgia is a great example. I yes. mean, Georgia's up and down. That's all you do is go up and down. Probably my least favorite state. I'm just going to say that right. You know, I mean, some <laughs> state has to be your least favorite. It was probably, and not that the, the people were great, but it was exactly for what the reason you said. Up and down, and just relative to the other states, wasn't as Great, I thought. I don't know. But still, it has its beauties. I mean, I, I, I could take the tactful approach and say, you know, they all have their positive chart. But if I was going <laughs> to pick one state I would never do again, it would probably be Georgia. Yeah, I hit Georgia all the time because it's so close. But, yeah. um, hey, so we, we were talking about Jersey, New York. I want to ask yeah. you about wildlife because I understand Jersey's having a huge problem with bears right now. Um, you, you had a lot of really good, I mean, not just good, I mean, phenomenal footage of animals in your video I think you had three cubs with a mother bear. You had a squirrel yeah. running all over a hiker. Yeah. A bobcat loose in the back of a guy's pickup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a spider I, eating a fish. The, dude, my personal favorite was the moose running down the road with, yes. uh, with his... Uh, with his junk swaying to and fro. <laughs> that was hilarious. Dude, that but, was... Yeah. No, I was, was going to awesome. say, I was going to say, I think, uh, yeah, I was lucky. I mean, the thing is, 
any any budding filmmakers out there, the, the key is just to always have your camera with you because you never know. I mean, it's hard if you're using an HD type camera or you know any camera these days. It's it's really hard to be up and running in less than you know. I mean, get, ten seconds is good to have because you got to unzip whatever it's in, undo it, turn the camera on, focus the whole thing. If you get it in ten seconds, that's pretty good. Um, so yeah, the moose thing was really cool. It's like five in the morning and we're going to climb Katahdin with these <laughs> folks. And just all of a sudden there's this friggin' moose running on the road immediately ahead of us. I got the camera out and was able to get some shots and, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that, that was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. so the spider eating a fish blew yes. me away. Absolutely blew. Cause it's not like it's a small fish. It's not like it's a minnow. No. That, that was insane. Yeah, that, that was that was totally legitimate. And right? I actually saw in your note you had mentioned uh, you had sent me some notes about possible questions you were going to ask. You is that real, dude? And I thought that's a good question. Yes, I mean apparently so. The guy who told me that, I got, he told me that the guy he got the story from had a photo. So I got a guy's email and he sent me the photo. So there are these types of uh, these big, kind of like wolf spiders. If anybody out there knows them, you know this is like about the the uh diameter of you know roughly a big tarantula not not as bulky as a tarantula but the long legs and uh yeah apparently they they can dangle down off their web and actually catch fish uh with their with their pincers that was uh, mandibles that was crazy yeah i would have yeah. never seen that coming in a million years yeah that was weird that was cool that's what's you know one of the cool things about doing films like this is you never know, you know, whenever I would get bored, which would be often, you can probably tell I'm a little hyper, I, I, you know, raised in the city, I tend to get a little, uh, little bored if, if I'm in a particular ecosystem too long, if I'm not seeing, but what always will bring me back down to earth and kind of reignite interest is remembering you never know who you're going to meet any minute of the day, who you're going to write. You might meet the coolest interview uh, that, you know, somebody with the wildest story and that would happen. You know, you would just, you hear about some, you know, two people talking. You got to interview Crazy Joe Williams, you know. And then you, if you get more than one person telling you got to interview somebody, that's always a good rule of thumb. <laughs> Go interview Crazy. Joe. There is no Crazy Joe Williams, but right. uh, as far as I know, but that, that, that's how you knew you, you needed to interview the Wolfpack, right? Is that how that all yeah, started? Yeah. How did that start? That was Superstar, who was part of the Wolfpack. He was a really nice guy, and he's in, again he goes uncredited in the film. He, he you see him kind of in the background in a few shots, but he was just a really nice guy and said, "Yeah, there's going to be a fourth Fourth of July get together at Zip's place up in uh, upstate New York, and you should come up. I'll ask him if it's cool, and I said, that would be good. Good to get like a group aspect because I was hiking solo so much." that it was good, you know, get, get some footage of uh, group activity. And, you know, I'd heard both positive and negative stuff about the Wolfpack. They, some <laughs> people didn't like the Wolfpack because they would be yowling all the time and, you know, they, they felt they were too much of partiers and all that. But but I, I found them to be really cool, very – I mean, they were definitely part – and certainly <laughs> overall it was it was a great time. And, and Zip, just a great guy, uh, yeah. really, Napapa Wolf, who uh, retired Air Force pilot who just kind of became the surrogate father – to a lot of these uh, these guys out on the trail, guys and gals out on the trail, and uh, yeah, it was fun. And I, I had alluded, I think before we started taping, I had mentioned to you I had a little story that wasn't in the film that I thought was 
kind of fun at that Fourth of July. Well, all of a sudden, you know, they bought a, a boatload of fireworks, and and Zip lives like on a hundred acre plot out there, so he's got his big big swath of land, and so they they were just setting off fireworks left and right. And one of one of the guys, I guess, you know, inadvertently shot one into a field, and, and a little fire started. <laughs> so that got a little scary because it kind of flared up a bit, but they were able to put it out. I think they got a bucket or there might've been some excessive urination involved in the extinguishing. <laughs> not sure. But um, uh, yeah, there just wasn't quite enough footage of that. I think clear Thank enough you. footage to, to include in the film. I thought your footage was pretty good though. I mean, you, you caught the fireworks, you caught uh, a lot of people running around launching fireworks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually that was, that was a really great scene in the show. You oh, know? thanks I mean, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people that are like, where is that hostel and how can I get there? And then, you know, then they realize it's not on the trail, right? No, no, it was it was way up in New York there, but uh, it seemed worth it. And uh, it, it was it was great. Yeah. And you just get uh, and we had some absinthe. So, hell, that was worth the drive. Um, I don't know if it was like pure. Absinthe. I don't think it was like absinthe, absinthe, uh, but it was. Uh, it's close enough for me, who, who is not a particularly big drinker, but I, I'm glad I, I uh, tested that. Hey, so l- let me ask you, 30-pack, one of the wolf pack, right? Yeah. You had, you had a shot of him with a wicked Black Widow. Oh, pack, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, so, so you had 30-pack that got nailed by a Black Widow, and you had yeah. another hiker that got hit by a brown recluse, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's just, you know, you want to put those in there as, as, a, as a reminder to people that it, it – not only physically tough the trail, but, you know, there, there's some things to be concerned about. You know, I mean, those things, Lyme disease, Lyme disease is a big deal out there. And speaking of 30-pack, I don't think, he'll, you know, I don't think this is any secret, but, you know, he got, he contracted Lyme. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and he's been having to battle that. And uh, he's a tough kid, though, very good guy. And I think, but if you're just thinking about doing the AT, it is seriously no joke. You have got to check yourself especially when you get into the, the northern states, you know, Connecticut, Massachusetts, that area, especially because. Um, well, so let, let, let's, let's talk about Kazoo, 43 ticks on his back. I mean, yeah. that, that blew me away. I mean, when I was going through and granted, I went through 20 years ago. I don't remember anybody coming down with Lyme disease, but the, you 43 ticks were picked off his back. Yeah, they were actually tick nymphs and meaning they just, you know, they were they were relatively newly hatched. But that doesn't matter. I mean, they all carry nymphs and full-grown ticks carry the lime, and he had apparently, you know, laid down in a uh, in an area where they had just been hatched. And uh, Hudson there of Bearded Woods, great place. I want to throw a plug in there from there. Awesome uh, bunk and dine in Connecticut there. <clears throat> um, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was one of those things you feel bad for the guy, but I was also ecstatic as a filmmaker. Go, this is awesome. And so we're going to get all the – and so Hudson just started picking those off. And then actually the next day he went in and got uh, the medication he needed to to battle uh, Lyme. And he did – he actually took a test, and it was confirmed that he had Lyme. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. In fact, what a lot of doctors will do, and I think it is the wise thing, if if they – instead of waiting – because it's one of those things that – you know, obviously, the longer you have Lyme, the worse it is for you. It'll start, you know, uh, attacking more and more neurological aspects of you. So um, uh, just a smart idea 
Uh, although you know, th- then I think you then I think there's also a certain percentage of hikers who think they have Lyme. Yeah. Uh, but don't, and I think they kind of they kind of like saying they have it because they think it makes them tough. I think <laughs> they do. To be, it's better to be proactive about it, though. Yeah, it, it, it is. If you got, and especially if you know you had a tick on you, because like two big symptoms are fatigue and achy joints. Well, guess what? Through hikers feel a lot, whether or not they have Lyme. So again, if 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 um, I'm sure the doctors will ask them more specific questions if they have to go in, but uh, it isn't a joke, man. It really is uh, important to. It's one reason why I would I wore most of the time on the trail long pants. I had worn these like desert pants on the PCT, and I liked them. And I and I figured I'm just going to keep doing that because any kind of extra protection you can have, um, it will help. You know. So I have a personal experience to share with you. Um squatch because yeah. when when i was uh in north carolina i came down with rocky mountain spotted fever and it sent me to the hospital for three days Ugh. and uh it's it's the real deal like most people think that rocky mountain spotted fever is out in the rockies it's not true the number mm. one state for it's north carolina wow and uh it laid me out i mean i couldn't walk my legs were gone wow my arms i could barely lift them up i mean uh you know a lot of people fear bears they feel yeah. they, they fear a lot of things they shouldn't fear out on the trail, but uh, maybe maybe insects are, are yeah. what you should fear most, right? Well, I, I mean, there's no question. As far as the probability of an animal that can do more harm to you at any given moment is absolutely the tick. I mean, it's not even close. The chances of you getting mauled by a bear are nearly astronomical. I mean, you've got to... You almost have to rub peanut butter all over your face <laughs> and lay, lay naked in the Well, you don't have to lay naked, but just on your face somewhere, you know. Or, or to your friend's face, just yes, for fun. Yes, exactly. So, and, you know, it's just a, a, a kind of a silly size thing. Well, that big guy could eat me. Yes, but it's, you know, this little thing, which carries this terrible disease and which is, seems to be increasing um, as far as, its, you know, its range and whatnot, it's just, it's just nothing to take lightly. And, um, you know, especially if you're out there with a, with a uh, significant other, you know, do tick, tick checks on, on each other in areas that are hard for you to check. Because I, in fact, pulled off a tick this year that my first glance, I thought it was a freckle. Oh, yeah, I got a freckle. Wait a minute. And there was a tick. And uh, so basically what I've heard, the rule of thumb, if you get them off within a 24 hours, you should be okay. Yeah. And, and they, that's that's how the whole scene with Kazoo started, right? Was uh, he thought it was a bunch of freckles? Isn't that how it? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember that aspect. He just thought something, and they were all on his back. And I don't know if they were. I think they were itching. No, no. He had a. I remember when I actually met him before we went to. We were waiting for the ride from the uh, to, to Bearded Woods, and he was picking some stuff off his arm. He goes, "What is that?" And I go, "Well, maybe you should get that check. We we'll get over there." And so. He, he then confirmed, I think, I, I'm guessing what happened is Hudson looked and go, that's a tick nymph on your arm. And, then he, and as actually I showed the clip in the, in the film where he goes, who wants to check my back? <laughs> and so we take his shirt off and it, they're just all over. Yeah, 43. 43, yeah. Could be a record. Hey, just for the listeners, I want to say, if you ever get Rocky Mountain spotted fever, you're way better off than Lyme disease. Yeah. Because you can treat it and you're done. With Lyme, it does not work that way. Yeah, Lyme? Uh, pretty much stays with you. So you have to, you have to, you know, I have a good friend lives in, in Phoenix named Phoenix Rising. She, you know, 
she's got to be very careful. Like she, you know, they advise you don't drink alcohol, things like that. It's, it's, um, it's just, you know, I, and I don't mean to be a doomsdayer about it. I just, having done these films, I've met quite a few people who have contracted Lyme disease. Uh, basically hike the entire trail with a biohazard suit. That's what I'm saying. Perfect. Yeah. That's the way to go. <laughs> so now that we've scared the hell out of our listeners about insects, <laughs> My my next question for you was cicadas, which I guess are still uh, which are still insects. But uh, y- yeah. you were out there during the 17 year cicada year, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, I was fortunate. That was kind of cool. I'd never um, had been in a forest when cicadas were emerging from their 17. You know, and I also learned it's there are some cicadas that don't have a 17 year. There, there's like I think 12 year cycles, 10 year yeah. cycles, <clears throat> quite a bit of variety, but. It was trippy. I mean, that sound, it, it really sounded like, like a spaceship was landing, like, <laughs> you know, and uh, they're freaky. They're, they're, they're kind of, they're really kind of creepy looking. So, you know, I guess California, do you guys have cicadas? Does no. that happen? No, it doesn't happen. It, I think it's, I don't know where that, I think it's the eastern half of the U.S. I don't know, I would say definitely not west of the Rockies. I think because you guys have so many trees back there. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be part of the whole deal while they're there. It, it is pretty amazing. I always I always marvel at that, the amount of trees and, uh, you know, the eastern third of the country specifically. It's just, it's great. Yeah, so what, what do you have to say to someone that doesn't like insects and wants to hike the Appalachian Trail? If you really, really have like an insect phobia, I mean, you could still hike it, but I mean, I think insects are cool. I mean, I think, you know, and it's not like they're crawling all over the place type of deal. I mean, you, it's not like you're seeing them every minute, but they're definitely there relative to like the PCT. The the flora and fauna is definitely more frequent on the AT than it is the PCT. Um it just, again, by the nature of there being, uh, you know, uh, greater rainfall back there, therefore greater vegetation, therefore higher numbers of uh, critters, critters. <laughs> but there's, it's cool. I, I mean, that that's one of the pluses of the AT. I think I think it's great. And it's it's a great uh, I really found it to be a great trail to shoot video on because you get so much because of the green tunnel effect where you're and you get all that nice muted light which is awesome for video most of the time, as opposed to glaring sunlight, which you're going to get more of on the PCT. Yeah, I noticed. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. PCT is a great trail, though. I mean, I, yeah, it looks awesome. I'm dying to do it. My dude, first, I think my first mission is the John Muir, actually. But Yeah, uh, you know, it's so funny, dude. You are like the hundredth person in a row who's exactly said that same thing. Everybody... I want to do the PC. I think I'll do the John Muir. I, and I agree. I mean, it's a, especially if time is an issue. And plus, yeah. it's, it's the it's easily one of the best parts of the PCT. But the PCT as a whole is is a great trail. I, it's I think it's arguably the most uh, geographically diverse long trail in the entire world. I mean, you literally uh, it's hard to think of a type of landscape you don't go through. So. If you want that diversity, I mean that that's just pretty you got a lot of views, you got the geologic diversity, you've got enough isolation. Well we'll see after Wild comes yeah, out. Yeah, that's not gonna last for long. Yeah. I but I think again, relative to the AT, and it's not like you're on the AT and there's, you know, excuse me, can I pass you? Excuse me, you know, like they're gonna need signals anytime soon, but uh, you can do 
a PC, if you want to be like a lone hiker on the PCT, you can pretty much do it. You don't have to stop at the Trail Angels house. You don't have to do, I, I recommend you do because that, it, it's probably the greatest part of all these trails is, are the people you meet. And invariably, I think most people I've asked that question to say that. It's just that that is you kind of a lot of people go out there to get alone and to get at one, you know, with themselves, nature, God, whatever. But they I think they just they're kind of always always seem to be somewhat surprised that it's the people that they meet who probably have a similar um, desires as they do turn out to be the the jewel of the whole thing. Yeah, I could I could have never made it if I didn't have the social aspects of the trail. Mm. I would have, I would have certainly quit. But hey, on the trail angel subject, mm-hmm. um, so you've met a lot of trail angels between the different uh, hikes yeah. you've done. Who who are some that stand out in your mind the most? And like, oh. what motivates these people? Oh, I just think they're good people. They're good natured people. I mean, you know, you got Miss Janet, who's just a legend, just a lovely, funny, smart lady who's just she's such a character. She's awesome. And, um, um, oh God. Oh, I don't, some uh, new folks who, I mean, technically aren't angels because they run this place, but I just want to put a word in for, uh, uh, Marcy and her family at, uh, at a white mountain lodge and hostel there on the outskirts of Gorham, New Hampshire. They were awesome. Became really good friends with them. I feel, and you know, I, I'd stay with them there on sick days and whatnot. Um, God, who else? I mean, PCT, of course, you've got, you know, the, uh, the, the Softleys and the Andersons, great legends. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're only 24 miles apart. <laughs> That's, what That's okay. Yeah, I think, seriously. I, I, heard... I would still hit both. Oh, totally. I mean, it's like a must stop by. They're just great, crazy people and, and diverse enough amongst them. Like, I think the way it's been put, I like, is like the corporate efficiency of the Softleys. Although I don't say that in, 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 in meaning anything that's positive about corporations, they have none of the negative. And then you have hippie daycare once you get to the Andersons. They're like crazier and looser and you know, <laughs> it's a grittier. And and, and um, I'm sure there have been several hikers who have thought, you know, we've got to get a fund together so that we can move one of them to another part of the trail so we can spread out some of that love because it's so concentrated uh, in that 24 miles. But um, in fact, I'm just going to throw out a call right here. It, it, if there's anybody listening to this who lives in central Oregon, that's a place I've always felt for the last few years. That could be a place where another legendary trail angel could has, and hopefully ha, should sprout from. Has yet to been born. It hasn't. There have been good ones, like into guys who are like kind of under the radar. They don't really like to, you know, kind of keep the publicity about their services to a minimum. But, I mean, you've also got – well, Georgie Heitman's kind of re- is retired now from doing it, but she, she, she and her uh, husband, Dennis, for, for a few years were really great trail angels there in North America. I mean, in Northern California, which is in North America. And then, of course, you have the Dinsmores, who are awesome, up in, um, up in Washington, uh, like kind of central Washington, or two-thirds of the way up Washington, actually. So, but other than that, there's, I mean, there's other ones, the Brattons and Belden – um, other ones developing now. I think Tiffany Reardon was another one there in SoCal, and oh, Mike Herrera in Southern California. There just there just isn't as many, and I think it's because you just don't have as many people living close to the trail on the PCT as you do on the AT. 
I gotta say, Squatch, the two in your movie that moved me the most, um, and and the the guy that blew me away was Chet from oh, Chet's yeah. place, right? So the, the yeah. I, I guess what he he basically had a stove blow up on him, right? It it burned his clothes, it gave him severe burns, he almost died, right? Yeah, he inhaled. What happened was it was it was a uh, a stove, and it blew, it did blow. And he actually got a, a settlement from the company. Um, I won't mention the company because I. I basically like the company. Mostly, <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to give you know, and I'm sure they did the right thing and, and did that. Um, but yeah, he inhaled like fleece, burning fleece. So his lungs were messed up. Uh, he was in a coma. I believe it was like seven or eight months. Last thing he yeah. remembered was like worrying helicopter blades, wakes up. Um, he had allowed, or his family had allowed all types of healing to give, it was a kind of a learning hospital. So they allowed all any new age stuff, uh, hard science, anything, because he had several organ failures during his recovery, and and they thought they were going to have to replace his lung, and um, uh, they didn't have to do that, and they thought he'd never walk again. But he has been able to walk. Um, I think was it thirty thirty some odd steps he's up to now. So he's a very, I you know after interviewing Chet, I I remember or while I was actually interviewing him, I thought, man, if this ever happened to me, if I had 50% of the good attitude he has, I'd be a lucky man because uh, it's he's pretty cool for, for having gone through what he's gone through and then still wanting to be close from the trail because he obviously can't hike, but he, he opens up his uh, his house to other hikers. So uh, that way he stays connected and, he, and he's doing a great thing. Yeah, and he's very open about it in the film. He actually shows his burns, and I mean that, yeah. that blew me away. I mean that that was yeah. uh, that was that that was definitely uh, an eye opener to me in yeah. the film. And then the other one was Rob Bird, the Birdcage yeah. guy, who yeah. just just retired, right? I guess that was yeah. total, totally an accident that he became a trail angel. Yeah, it was really, and I'm really glad I stopped off to see Rob because I was done hiking for the year, and I think it was Miss Janet who had was at least one of the people who had suggested, you got to go meet Rob because I'd always heard his name. He's a good guy. You should interview him. And so I was heading back down South. Was, I was actually with uh, Phoenix rising. We were driving down. I, we should go interview Rob. I called him. He said it was cool. And he was great. He was just a great interview there in his kitchen. And, um, you know, like I love that thing. Actually you would put in your email and I think it's, it's one of the coolest things I think anybody's ever said about the trail because it's a truth because the trail doesn't provide the answers, but it, it, it provides you the time to find your own answers. Yeah. And well, I, th- I love that statement. I thought yeah. that was a great statement. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's important. I think, yeah, really to meditate on anybody listening out there. Cause it's not like you're going to go out there you know, it's like, it, there is kind of a utopia out there in the sense of there's a real mental, spiritual utopia i think you'll find in the sense that people do seem happy they seem really happy they're pushing themselves but it's just something about using your body out there being in nature sharing this experience with all these people who will start off as strangers and may very well become the best friends you've ever had in your life um so uh i guess that's my way of saying do it if you're thinking about it it's 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 really cool i I don't think i've ever met anybody in, in the 10 years I've done these films who did a through hike and said, nah, I, you know, it, it was just okay. I mean, mostly they really, most people will use words like transformative, uh, can't wait to do it again. Um, things like that. So, um, I think but it's you definitely know, you, worth it. 
you know, Squatch, we've probably already scared off most of the listeners after the tick <laughs> the tick discussion that we Ooh. had earlier. That's good. You got to thin the herd somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They haven't even heard the good part of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> hey, so on the good part, let's talk about Trail Towns because uh, yeah. you have some great footage from Trail Days and the Gathering and mm. Billville and Franklin's Festival. I mean, what what is your favorite? You know, and again, I'm not being uh, coy. Because, you know, honestly, they all are great in their own way. They all have, the, you know, Trail Days is great because of the amount of people that are there. You never know who you're going to see. I, I loved, you know, I, I have a booth there for my films, squatchfilms.com. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> and uh, also available keep, on Amazon. You got to keep plugging. I do. You got to, you know. Hey, you know, hey, I got to say one thing. They're going to turn me off earlier. They're going to turn me off in five minutes. So I have to say, squatchfilms.com. Anywho. Hey, can I can I give you a plug though? The sure. Amazon the Amazon streaming is brilliant. Oh, good. I mean it's it's awesome. I mean good. it's uh what, 2 bucks to to rent one of your movies? Yeah, that's <laughs> not that I have a say in that. Oh, uh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, we're going to what, what we can talk about that that later, I guess. They they, they probably take 90% of your uh, they, actually too. the the deal is it's it's a 50-50 split and they decide the price. Mm. So, I don't think I would have $2 to rent for 7 days. That I still think. But you know what? That means it's a dollar I, I've had that I didn't have before. So I have to look at it that way. And it's, you know, it's done pretty well. I mean, again, doing what I do, I, I you know, it's, it's a one-man band thing, essentially. I direct, edit, distribute them basically myself, you know, via Amazon on my own site. Um, so I, I kind of knew going in, it's not going to be big money. I mean, I'm always trying to make as much as I can on it, you know, um, it, so I can maybe move out of my parents' house. But anyway. So you can feed yourself. That's that's understandable. But I, I got to tell you just real quick before I forget, what's been a godsend uh, for someone like me, and I recommend anybody else thinking about doing creative, you know, film, book writing, whatever, has been Kickstarter. Dude, I was amazed. You had a ton of money coming in Kickstarter. Well, that I was that was it. awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, but, it's all but, relative. Hey, it's all relative, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, – Yes, it's it's just a great thing for someone like me who who needs funding for doing films like this. And I, you know, again, I'm just asking what I think I'm going to need. You always, you know, end up using or needing a little more. I think it's kind of normal, especially with the driving around I do for gas money and whatnot. But uh, it's just a great thing. And I don't want to go too much into detail with Kickstarter. We could be talking for hours. I just think they're great. So if you're ever thinking about doing some kind of artistic project, give Kickstarter or Indiegogo a definite look-see because it's, it's a pretty cool thing. It's a, one of those things you, you wonder why it wasn't around 10 years ago. I, I think it's just people slowly getting a trust of the Internet and using it and realizing, realizing that you know, uh, crowdsourcing is, is a cool phenomenon. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing. It um, is. I mean, is, is actually Kickstarter probably more supportive to your hiking efforts than – actually making the movies oh wait i didn't understand that question well so, i mean so financially you're yeah. get, getting more support out of kickstarter than actually selling your films oh it's interesting uh it depends on what time frame you're talking about well you get yeah i mean it's like you get a trickling of money i mean when i release a film you, you know people will buy them and you get you know a pretty good uptick and then you know you do promotions and and whatnot and but, and so it, you know, the, I kind of always gone with the theory. Well, the more I make, then you'll get more trickling coming in on on that. But um, what's great, one really good thing about Kickstarter that I like is that it's not a pure charity thing. It's not like, oh, I need money for this here. Can you give me money? 
the people do get things in return. Like the way I had set it up and I had researched a bunch of other projects, like what did people do for the reward tier? So for example, if somebody gave me $25 via Kickstarter, what they would get is, well, I'll start off with the one. If you give me $1, you get your name on the website as a backer of my latest film. Wow, that's exciting. I know. Tell me more <laughs> stuff. If you gave me 15 bucks, you get that and you get the exclusive updates from me on the trail. I, stuff that I wouldn't put on Facebook. I mean, I put some stuff on Facebook, but... Is, is that called the brutal truth? The, the, I get the brutal truth. Well, my life is brutal truth. Uh, that's, why, that's why you're a good filmmaker. I hope. Right? No, it's not brutal truth. I try to, I don't know. I, I, I try to be upbeat in my films, ultimately. I mean, I want to show gnarly stuff if it's gnarly, but I don't, I don't know. I think you, I try to be upbeat. I mean, because you're very I hate upbeat. films that are too cynical. I like yeah. cynicism when it's, when it's healthy cynicism, not when it's like that, when it, when it permeates a piece of work. And what's the point? Oh, great. I felt crappy. Now I feel even crappier. Thank you. Um, anyway, and then if you gave me 25 bucks, I'll stop at this example, but you get everything that was before. You get your name on the website. You get the exclusive updates, including photos. And you get a digital download of the finished film. So then it just keeps cheering up like a $50 thing, a $100 thing, and up to 200 then $500. And I didn't know. I, 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 you know, like the $100 thing would include autograph, DVD, and all that plus getting your name in the credits. And I thought, nobody's going to really want to do And it was surprised how many people that they were really cool and, <laughs> and, and gave me that. And, and the amount of people who were, if you were 500, you were a producer, plus all the things. So you get everything, every tier you go up, you get everything that's in the other tiers, plus with what's ever in the new tier. So it's been great. I strongly recommend it. And my just my one piece of advice with it, don't make promises you don't think you can't keep. Uh, I got interviewed by Backpacker magazine, I think it was Backpacker, some magazine about uh, about there was a there was a filmmaker out there who apparently was just backing, you know, wasn't doing what he was saying, and he was giving other filmmakers, other people, a bad name. So you know, don't don't get all, you know, keep your word. If you say you're going to do this, then do it. Like I tell, I'm going to have it done by late February and March, right. and damn it, God willing that the creek don't rise, I'm going to get it done. So yeah. far, it's all worked out. I've kept my promises, you know, with that. So, you know, unless I have some kind of psychotic break, uh, hopefully it'll, that will continue. <laughs> so, so on that topic, when yeah. is uh, when is your? Is I guess you're going to call it flip flopping three, right? Well, you know what? I think I'm actually I'm leaning toward. I, I was I, I didn't even want to call it flip flopping flip flop flipping two, because I just you know how many, you know, people were going to confuse it with Anchorman two. You know, I didn't want that. No, they weren't going to confuse it. Um, I think I'm just going to call this flip flop flipped like I did with the walk films. I went walk, still walking, even more walking and walked. <laughs> I think this will be flip flop flipping one, flip flop flipping two and flip flop flipped. Ah. Meaning complete. And um, I don't think I'll have a subtitle on this one. The subtitles on the first one I like, you know, it was one man's search for characters on the AT. Um, it was so clever, wasn't it? So clever, ladies. I liked it. I liked yeah, yeah. I, did. I, I, I was happy with that too. So, um, yeah. So, again, can you can you give us some teasers? Some teasers of uh, what's coming. Well, I, I'm I'm really happy with the footage so far. Uh, one thing I'm very happy about, just the first thing that comes to mind, is a friend of mine who is going to be in the film, who is uh, people who know. <laughs> he's just he's really a true trail legend, and he's just 
really good on camera, really funny guy and smart guy on camera. His, his name is Lint. I don't know if you know Lint, but he is a he is one CDT hike away from being a triple triple crowner. Oh, wow! That means the three he's done it three times. He's, he's done trail he's three done times. The PCT three times, the AT three times, and if he does one more, he'll do have done the CDT three times. So, so you have to enlighten me here, Squatch. Yeah. What does this guy do for a living that en- enables him to hike like this? He's a hitman, but I don't want to get into it. No, <laughs> he's not. Um, I think uh, he's into uh, construction and does stuff in the, on the um, um, uh, yeah. What was the term I'm using? Not construction. Um, guys who build houses. Const- you know, uh, contractor. He does contracting work. So uh, that's my understanding. So um, with Lynch, you don't want to go too deep. You could get, you might get knifed. I don't know. No, he's a very <laughs> nice guy, and he's just great. And also, I'm very happy that I got um, a Wired. Will be Wired, who is a um, one of the most read hiking bloggers. She's amazing, dude. She would do 30 miles a day on the AT. That's studly enough. And like clockwork, she would set up camp and then get into her tent around 6 or 6.30, and then blog for an hour and a half. Really? You know, and doing, you know, and on a smartphone, manipulating images, you know, setting it, you know, doing blog postings with photos and the whole thing. She's pretty amazing. If you meet Wired, though, you understand how she gets her name. She just has, like, energy out the, out the Yahoo. If you can have energy coming out of your Yahoo. I think you can. Anyway. <laughs> what is a Yahoo exactly? And then um, – yeah, I was happy with there's some sh- I mean Maine is so beautiful and again such a my favorite state on the AT in in its totality. I mean it's the beauty, the people are awesome in Maine. If you've ever thought about going Maine, go. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Maine is just it's just you know it's just the first example that comes to mind with Maine. It it's like it's it's ridiculous how easy it is to hitchhike in Maine. It's ridiculous. <laughs> George is George is pretty easy though. Oh, that's cool. at that. But it's like you have your ha- you have your hand halfway. You don't even have it out yet. It's like, ah, where are you going, Dave? Come on, give your you know. That was more Georgia accent. I think I was probably doing. I don't even know if there is a Maine accent. Uh, but uh, really love Maine. New Hampshire is awesome. Like I mentioned with the whites as well. Um, I've lost my train of thought. How many tangents have I gone off on? <laughs> no, you're perfect. But I, I I do have to ask you a question. Yeah, yes, sir. That we haven't covered at all because okay. I'm dying. I haven't seen your Camino. Yeah film yet so can you talk about the Camino for a minute sure um boy anybody out there thinking of doing it do it I had high expectations it was even better than I thought it would be you know my expectations were like eight it was a nine only reason I don't give it a 10 is that I'm I consider myself a tough critic I don't know what I'd give 10 so 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 how do you compare it like you know a lot of people who listen to this podcast or in the states how do you compare it to the AT the Pacific Crest which I'm sure you can't compare it at all like, can you? Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's definitely more of a, a cultural experience as opposed to a wilderness experience. That that's I think the 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 basic contrast between them. I mean, it, you know, the, the Camino started like 800 A.D. as primarily a religious pilgrimage. It was really the first long uh, religious pilgrimage in Christianity. It was like so we we should probably help everybody out here. Yeah, like, it's in Spain, right? You're right. Well, so where it starts, where it ends, all that. Okay. 
Well, the main body of it, the main thing when you like, if you've, and I recommend this movie very strongly, Wayfaring by me. No, that <laughs> one I do. But also, uh, back, The Way. Which a lot of seen. Uh, the movie The Way with uh, Martin Sheen and Emilio oh, yeah. it Really good film. I really, that's what got a lot of people. It was one of the inspirations for me to do the documentary on it. Um, and it basically, the core of it runs from a town called Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port in France. And you're only in France for like two days, and then you're over into Spain, and then it goes all the way in a east-to-west direction toward the town of Santiago de Compostela, where there is this beautiful cathedral, where it is believed by some that the bones of Saint James, one of Jesus' apostles, uh, bones are. And um, so that's how it started. But I would say, you know, my guess is you got about 15 percent of the people do it as a specific Christian religious pilgrimage. Now, I would say most people do it as kind of a spiritual, cultural pilgrimage, meaning a way to reflect on their life. Where are they going, soaking up a new culture, that type of thing. So it um, it now. If you're deciding to do it, or you're thinking about doing it, my strong suggestion is don't stop at Santiago de Compostela. You take another three or four days, it'll, it'll take you all the way to the ocean. Yeah. A town called Finisterre, which is beautiful. I saw that. Did you did you go all the way to the I coast? I did. I did, and I really recommend it, especially for those who love wilderness hiking, because the closer – it definitely gets more lush, uh, more lush terrain as you get closer to the ocean. There are parts of it – you could actually, if someone had blindfolded you, took it out, you could think, I'm on the AT. I mean, it gets a little like that. The other end of it is also that way. The bookends tend to be lusher. The middle part tends to be drier. That's what's referred to as the maceta. Um, and, but again, still beautiful. You're, uh, you go through a lot of vineyards, farmland, things like that. You go through little, little villages. On average, you go through some size of town every seven to eight miles. So you don't need... Uh, I would recommend not bringing any camping equipment. You can camp, but it's somewhat discouraged. You know, as long as you're back off the trail somewhere, there, but, you know, you're not going to want to do it all the time anyway. The lodge, the um, albergues or pensions are relatively cheap, pretty good deal relative to U.S. prices. And the people were awesome. I mean, you meet people from all over the world. It's really an international experience. I mean, it made, after doing that, I really had wanted – to, I was inspired to go to Australia and Ireland. I've never been either of those places, but now I really want to go because I was meeting a lot of people from those countries. And let me <laughs> tell you, I think my future wife lives in Australia. <laughs> Why am I leaning into the microphone? This is, hey. I've, I've, heard, I've heard more than a few guys say that. Ooh, love. I mean, Australians are great. They're just down to earth. They're fun. Um, nice people. Same with the Irish. Great storytellers. Just, just mirthful. They're mirthful. Is, is, they is, is your future film coming out of one of these countries? I don't – actually, where I'm leaning now pretty strongly, the next project – you have a drum roll? Mm. I'm uh, really I, I'll do my best on the mic and okay. I can tap my fingers. I don't know how that came out. I, it, that sounds like uh, the beginning of Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where I'm leaning strongly for next year is I really am excited about – doing this project, which would be walk across Iceland. Oh, man, that which, sounds awesome. Yeah, and it's not as gnarly as it might sound to some 
folks. You can do that in about four weeks. I might take five because we'll be taping, but not just do that. Walk across and then take a month and bicycle their circumference. <laughs> wow. You know, actually, as a hiker, I think I'm pretty mediocre. I'm not. I'm not a trail. I mean, a mile Nazi. I'm not big on. I'll definitely lean more toward doing less miles because I like to stop and video video uh, folks and scenery and you know. But I mean, I'm not super slow. I'm not super fast. I'm just really kind of in the middle. Uh, I think uh, I enjoy it out there most of the time, but I just don't enjoy like I'm going to do 25 today. I mean, I've done like 32 miles was the biggest day I ever did. That was on the PCT, and I almost had a coronary. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I, I've done a 32 mile day. But it's just you know, you just if you're doing that and making a film, it's really hard. I mean, my friend Jester, who I think you said you've interviewed, you know, he puts it. Yeah. We, we've done a couple uh, little seminars together at uh, the kickoff and um, uh, the gatherings. And he put it well. He goes, look, if you're thinking about doing this, you got to realize you're working. You're not right. just out there enjoying it. You're working. And it, it is true. It's it's uh, you got to be ready at any moment. It means not that means you you shouldn't be enjoying it. You should be. But if you're going to get some good stuff, you can't put the camera away i mean you i think you always have to have it ready and then you know pick your spots when to tape and especially you know and be respectful of other people don't just whip out the camera get a sense of will these people be cool with me taping this definitely ask if it's cool um because i think most people myself included don't like when if they especially if they know someone's doing a film don't like just somebody all of a sudden you turn around and someone's taping you you know yeah it's a little um Unless they've given a general okay before that, that, and you get to know them, and they know that's what you're doing, you get more and more comfortable with that notion. So just, um, yeah, any budding filmmakers out there, just put yourself in the other person's shoes and don't be a jackass. <laughs> we'll be right back with more ethics in film right after this. <laughs> Two final thoughts. Yeah. Uh, first of all, if someone's thinking about doing the AT, um, what advice do you have to them? And then, don't do where, it. Where, yeah. And then, how can they find out more about you? Oh well, uh, let's get the first most important thing. Where, yeah, if they want to find more about me. Uh, my police record is available online. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, SquatchFilms.com is uh, all my films are available there in uh, DVD download. You can also download MP4 files, and also my last three films, and including the one coming up, I have them available in Blu-ray as well. Um, and also Amazon for all my films, but go through, it'll be a little cheaper if you go through my site because I, my price is a little higher on Amazon because I take a, a cut there. They got 20% cut. <laughs> um, so you're quite, and then, so oh, advice, advice, somebody doing yeah. the EAT, yeah. um, go as light as possible. That would be my, you know, you know what you're carrying. Um, there's that tendency with so many hikers when you're getting ready for a hike and it's an exciting time when you're prepping and enjoy the preparation, but there is that tendency to say, well, I'll just take this and then I'll take that. Ooh, and I'll take that. And I'll take, you know, all these little things you want to bring that you think are going to be so needed that a lot of the time aren't try to go as really as survival, you know, oriented as possible. You know, you got to have a good, good sleeping bag. You know, unless you're hiking late, you don't need a really super warm one on the AT. Uh, be prepared for rain on the AT. Rains a hell of a lot more on that trail than it does on the PCT. Uh, footwear, not a big boot fan, but 
the combo I've been using, which looks completely dorky, but I, on a practical level, I really recommend, I, and I'm the only person I know who does this, but um, I did it because I had the perineal tendon thing, is getting trail runner shoes. I'm a big fan of Vask. I use Vask mind benders, that type of shoe, hard bottom on it, but put a soft insole so it helps your feet out a little bit. And then I wear, if you have ankle issues, um, long skinny ones like mine, I wear ankle braces, lace-up braces. I put those on first, and I slip that in my shoe. And granted, I look like a boxer from the 1920s uh, if I'm wearing shorts, but it really helps because the overall weight of that is less than a boot, but you're having the stability of a boot with those braces. I think McDavid is the name of the company that makes the ones I use. I love them. I think it's great. It takes a little longer to get ready, but, man, it keeps everything nice and tight in there, and you still have the lightness going on relative to a, to a big-ass boot. Um, I didn't have a blister at all this year. I hiked 550 miles in um, Maine and New Hampshire, which is like the gnarliest parts of the whole AT. So, yeah, definitely. But Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, my favorite. Oh, they you, are, you yeah, said the same thing. That was definitely my favorite. Oh, yeah, enjoy. And, and the Mahusik notch. Yeah, which is I loved. By the way, I you, I, you had some great footage of that. Yeah, in your video. Actually. Thank you. It was uh, I loved it because it was so different. I mean, it's it's literally like it's like a jungle gym. It's not even it's not hiking. It's scrambling and crawling and throwing your pack over. I, I you know I remember doing it and thinking it'd be cool. Uh, if there was another one like somewhere in the south, there was something like the Mahusik Notch. I think they should build <laughs> another just just to break up the monotony of what the trail can be tread wise, because it's pretty. It takes you a long, you know, it's a mile, and it took me I don't know like an hour and a half. Some people do it in forty minutes, but I want you know again, it's, it was great for for shooting. Uh, used a lot of GoPro stuff in there as well. So yeah, I noticed that. That's great. That's yeah, great, yeah. So is this the first time that you've shot a GoPro on your hike? Uh, first GoPro was in the first AT film, Flip Flop Flip, in three years. Uh, yeah, really, really love them. You know, they're great. It's almost I, I and dude, I was trying to trying to find some friends who might have had a drone this year, but it didn't work out. <laughs> I, got that. I, awesome. I still have time for oh, Iceland. Awesome. Maybe I can get maybe I can get some uh, somebody to donate some drone time for some <laughs> Icelandic shots. That would be hopefully nice. There's a Kickstarter campaign in there for you, right there. Wait a minute. That's right. Need a drone. It's the Squatch drone program. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right. so um, what I'm really looking forward to is your Camino film. I can't wait. So let's leave the listeners hanging on that one. Okay. Yes. When, when, so it's already out, though, right? Oh, it's totally out. Yeah. It's, it's okay. again. It, you'll if you go to my page, SquatchFilms.com, you'll. Uh, it's right. The um, there's a um, uh, trailer for it on the front page. And, uh, again, you'll get it a little cheaper at my site as opposed to Amazon. And uh, you can get a download from my site, uh, DVD or Blu-ray. Is there is there a podcast in our future about the Camino? Sure, dude. Hey, I'm up for it. I'll talk more. <laughs> I can talk about the Camino all day. It, it, <laughs> the whole thing, you could go do that, fly there, do a comeback. Five weeks. You can do it. I took, I took two months because I was making a film. I skipped a couple ch chunks and I went back and got them. So there was a little flip flop in there. I always got a flip flop, apparently. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, hopefully I didn't bore your listeners too much. 
and uh, squatchfilms.com. I'll be talking to you soon. Okay, dude. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the N2 Backpacking Podcast. This is Bird Shooter wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to this podcast, visit Apple's iTunes store or download them directly at n2backpacking.com from the podcast tab on the secondary menu. Music from this podcast was provided by the John Zed Band. For more information on this Atlanta-based musician, visit his website at johnzed.com. That's johnzedd.com. Or search for his latest release through iTunes. This podcast is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures, Inc. For more information or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at N2 Backpacking. That's the letter N, the number two, backpacking.com.